0: Hi, Insiders, and welcome back to a new episode of Disney Movie Insiders Presents. Our wishes are coming true as one of the most beloved Disney characters is back in a new way. Directed by Academy Award winner Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio is a live action and CGI retelling of the classic 1940 animated film. With a cast that includes Tom Hanks as Geppetto, Benjamin Evan Ainsworth as Pinocchio, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket, this movie is bound to be a new favorite for years to come. I grew up watching the 1940 classic, and this film will tug on your heartstrings just like the first did. While Pinocchio is a sweet little puppet, he inspires a person to be brave, truthful, and unselfish. Those traits can truly inspire a person to believe that anything is possible. Joining us first, we have someone who is no stranger to the Disney family, Luke Evans, who plays the Coachman. Hi, Luke, welcome to the show.
1: Hello there, how's it going?
0: I'm good, and obviously I start off with saying you're no stranger to Disney because you play Gaston in the live action Beauty and the Beast. How do you compare creating a new villain versus playing a villain fans are very well familiar with?
1: Well, you know, I, firstly, I wasn't expecting to ever play another Disney villain. Let's be clear. I mean, I thought once was was going to be my 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 chance, and I loved every second of it. And then when uh, they came back to me with this opportunity to play the coachman, I was like, really? You want me to play another villain? <laughs> Let's have a look at this villain first. Let's see what this villain is about. And sure enough, he is very, very different to Gaston. And once we'd finished creating him aesthetically with the the the, the costume and and teeth and wigs and makeup and co- the whole thing and the character and the voice, um, I realized, you know, I, I'm almost unrecognizable as this character. I mean, I'm, I've already heard that some people have watched the whole thing and wondered where I was <laughs> in it. Um, so that's also quite cool in a way because I, I wanted that to happen but yeah, it's, it was an, uh, it was so much fun to to bring an animated character to life once again, and not just any old animated character, but something from a very famous Disney animation from such a long time ago.
0: That's so true. It's very iconic. And as you said, you really blend into this role so well. Uh, <laughs> we love how you mix and match the, the looks and the accents. But you also have a new song. Can you talk to us about that? Because now, as you're saying, like you're a part of Pinocchio. This is iconic. You're in a world with iconic songs as well what was it like to have your own song in this
1: oh it was, it was it was a joy it was so much fun to play these play this character i mean he, he also pops up as, a, as other characters within the that that journey through pleasure island and um yeah i, I got to sing that song and, and i sung a couple of others as well which sadly have not made it to the to the cut but um there is uh there was a lot of fun to to be the first person to sing these new songs which are phenomenal and i i actually uh offered up a couple of high notes in the songs which they they were very happy about and they ended up making the 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 song which is which is a real real belter of of, of a number um with the backdrop of this incredible pleasure island you know so
0: that's what I was going to say, though. I mean, an iconic, it's now going to be an iconic song, The Coachman to Pleasure Island. What was it like seeing Pleasure Island on set? What did that look like visually for you? Because obviously it looks amazing as we see it.
1: Yeah. Well, firstly, it, it didn't look like it does in the movie, um, but we <laughs> have, we did have set pieces and it was all staged with big uh, video screens in the background. Huge, huge, gigantic walls of, of, of video which projected images of what it would potentially look like, so that I, we all had an idea of where we were. But even though it was only half of the, what we see in the film, we all got the idea and we all got the, the feel that this place was magical and larger than life and, 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 and full of opportunity and danger and, and naughtiness.
0: Well, I've got to say, the Coachman is now inducted into Pinocchio. Every time we see the original, the new film, the ride, Pleasure Island's there. The Coachman's also going to be there in our hearts as well. Thank you so much for embodying these amazing characters from Beauty and the Beast to now Pinocchio. Thanks so much, Luke.
1: Absolute pleasure.
0: Now let's welcome Alan Silvestri and Glenn Ballard, who worked on the magical music in this film. Welcome, you two.
2: Hey, nice to be here. Thank you, Lisa, for having us tonight.
0: Thank you both so much for joining us. Alan, let's start with you. Robert Zemeckis is the director of Pinocchio. How many films have you collaborated with him on? And how does it feel when another project comes your way?
3: I think it could be somewhere around 22 or 23, ever since Romancing the Stone back in 1983. And it's always the greatest phone call I ever get. I never assume that there will be the next one because that's, not how it works. You have to be invited. And uh, when that call comes in, it's just the greatest.
0: So what is your first thought when you hear about working on a classic Disney film like Pinocchio? Obviously, the original is from 1940. You're going to create new music. Obviously, you have to consider the original. What is that first thought when you hear about this project? And Glenn, I want to start with you on this one.
2: My first thought about being able to work on Pinocchio directed by Robert Zemeckis scored by Alan Silvestri, was I was doing backflips in my apartment in Paris. Are you kidding? <laughs> I couldn't have been happier. The opportunity, of course, it's a great challenge, but I'm working with great geniuses who are also great human beings. And so anytime I get a call like that, it's backflips time.
0: <laughs> I love it so much. I love the backflips. You got to have it there. What about you, Alan, when you first heard about this project? What were your thoughts? Well,
3: you know, I I heard about it, and that was exciting. And then one wonders, what's Robert Zemeckis going to do with Pinocchio? Why would he make it? What could it possibly be? And then the script arrives, and then it's really exciting, because you see that although the sense of the story is all there as we know it, what he has done. And and with Chris Wise, they they wrote the script together. Where they're going is incredibly exciting, different, and inspiring.
0: So you mentioned the script. Is it immediate that you know that there's going to be new songs or is this something that the two of you determined together? And then obviously there's some changes in this film with When Mm -hmm. You Wish Upon a Star and the approach to that. How does the collaboration start to shape and form what you keep and what you create? Well,
2: I think it, it, the original design for it is always on paper, and Robert Zemeckis and Chris Weitz had very skillfully figured out places to put songs. So it was up to us as songwriters to fulfill what their vision was, and and to sort of seamlessly make it work in and out of dialogue, and which is not the easiest thing to do. But they they really modernized it in in a way that still honors the original but allowed us to write some some new songs. We wrote f- four new songs for it, and we're very proud of
0: them. I love that so much. And yes, there is so much for those who haven't maybe seen the original. I grew up on the original, and you're mm-hmm. right. The essence of the original is there, but there's so much that is new to discover and to explore. And one of those decisions that I imagine was very intentional was that the Blue Fairy Sings When You Wish Upon a Star versus Jiminy Cricket. Right. How did that conversation begin? And then are there choices to change the music along the way? Obviously, you're working with Cynthia Arrivo. How amazing is that? Right. How does that process unfold?
3: Well, you know, as Glenn said, that was something that came to us in the script. And that was something that Robert Zemeckis and Chris Weitz had already worked through. It was amazing to have Cynthia... First of all, give this fantastic performance and then just kind of invisibly roll into one of the most iconic Disney songs ever created. It was a brilliant bit of storytelling and structure. But Glenn and I inherited that little bit of magic from from, uh, Mr. Zemeckis and Mr. Weiss. They knew that that was going to be great. And it is great.
0: I love it. And yes, there's the classic songs like that. And then, as you mentioned, there's four new songs. So what can you tell us about the four new songs and all of these exciting performances from the likes of Tom Hanks, Keegan-Michael Key, Luke Evans?
2: Well, the first act of the movie, Alan and I got to write two new songs for Tom Hanks. So imagine, you know, our delight. And he not only... Per, he sings them he performs them in character as geppetto so it really does in a very kind of seamless way set up the idea that there someone might be singing in this movie but it's going to happen in a very natural way and mm-hmm. you know mrs zemeckis understands it has to kind of unfold naturally and tom hanks whom we've worked with on the polar express as a singer and you know we wrote songs for him before, and he's like the consummate actor, singer, performer. So we we get to open the show with two Tom Hanks songs. So I feel like we're playing a House Money right after that, <laughs> and and then we have two other original songs, you know. But uh, that's where it starts. And so I'll just let you continue, Al. No, no. I mean, it's
3: it's um, it, it's amazing. Um, I think it was brought up maybe earlier. Uh, when Luke Evans was cast, there was no Coachman song. Mm-hmm. And we got the word that Luke Evans had now been cast as the Coachman. He needs to sing. And we were like, <laughs> he sure does need to sing because he sure can sing. So the the project had this very kind of organic development um, life cycle, if you will. And as things appeared, um, we had things to do, and it was all very exciting in that way.
0: I imagine as you're talking about this, there's so much that you're discovering along the journey as well, because you're working with very different talent. Obviously, you mentioned the director, the writers have very clear visions of how they want to kind of steer some of these songs. Do you have a song or... One of the performances in the film that is your most favorite, one that you recognize was maybe a challenge at the beginning, but how, how you see it in the film now it just feels so good. Is there one in particular that you can remember and call out?
2: Well, I, I had to call out two. I just think it's the first two songs we hear. It's they're all from Mr. Hanks. It, you know, he starts off singing when he was here with me, but he's, he's kind of singing it, talking it, but Alan's score is supporting it underneath. And then when Pinocchio comes to life, He does the most delightful jig in the history, I think, of like Disney movies. Pinocchio, (laughs) Pinocchio. And I just those two moments for me are like make it. it, It's all it's all organic and diegetic and wonderful. You know,
0: what about you, Alan? Well,
3: I'd say, you know, it's it's I haven't seen this in the ad campaign yet, but it's it's Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks, all singing, all dancing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's amazing to see Tom give that performance. It's classic immediately.
0: Well, I have to say that your work in this film is going to be truly iconic and be considered a classic as well. Thank you both so much for everything that you did. And Pinocchio, Alan Glenn, thank you so much for the time.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa.
0: And now we're talking to the voice of Pinocchio himself, Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. Hi, Benjamin. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so pleased to talk to you today. You are playing such an iconic character.
4: What was it like auditioning for Pinocchio? Like when we first got the call, okay, we've got this audition for Pinocchio with Robert Zemeckis directing. It was like, oh, my gosh, it was already an honor. And um, it was really interesting because it took a lot of time to get the voice down. So watching the 1940s classic, um, getting down Dickie Jones's and how he did it and um, just practicing the voice. And then we got a call back luckily. And when we did that, we um, I remember padding out this wardrobe, this closet from my parents' room and, and we padded it out um, so it was like soundproof. So the voice could like be really heard. And I remember taking three hours to do that and then the callback was only 10 <laughs> minutes, it, but it was all worth it in the end, of course.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Oh, my gosh, all the preparation. So I love that you were well familiar with the 1940 animated version. You do mm-hmm. such an amazing job with this character. I also heard, though, it's beyond the voice as you're acting, right? Like I heard that Robert Zemeckis wanted you on set. Talk to us about that process of filming.
4: Yeah, so we started off, We re- we just recorded it in a booth. But then, yeah, we, we got to set and we, we basically got to experience the best of both worlds. Yeah, we went on set. We, I met Tom Hanks and um, I got to act with him in a few scenes, Luke Evans. And it was just really cool to see because I wasn't on camera. I was like behind the camera feeding in lines. So I got to mm. see the more technical things in the side of things in this in this movie, which is really cool. That's interesting. So then...
0: You said off camera. Do you see any of your mannerisms in Pinocchio in the final version that we see on
4: screen? Yeah, it was it was kind of weird. Like I saw a little bit of like Pinocchio does this in, in one scene. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I do that sometimes. And it was quite funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, it yeah, sometimes here and there. That's
0: fabulous. I love that so much. It's very personal to you. So talk yeah. to us though. A very magical, memorable song to many is going to be I've Got a no Strings. What was it like singing
4: that song? Oh, my gosh. It's it's such like a all of this film is iconic and it's just so surreal to redo it and to like be the one to do it. And it's like we went to Abbey Road Studios in, in London and, and it was it was amazing to record it in there. And I sung the song in John Lennon's old microphone. And it's just one of those experiences that you just you live once and it happens once oh my gosh so many
0: pinch me moments it's like all these magical moments that you had you mentioned mm-hmm. tom you mentioned luke i've got to ask you do you have a favorite memory from filming though it sounds like obviously i don't know mm-hmm. how you top what you just said but is there anything else that you want to include about filming
4: yes though the first time i ever met any people any of the cast was the read through and I was just sat there. I was waiting, oh my gosh. And then Tom Hanks walked through, sat to my left, Robert Zemeckis to my right. And we started to read through and then slowly it went into them talking about past movies they'd done together and old Disney movies they love. And I was just like in the middle of this, like a bouncing conversation, like a tennis match. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And that's one of my favorite moments, like just hearing these stories. Mm, so,
0: so magical. Very in keeping with this film. I've got to ask you though, Benjamin, we're talking about all these fun things. Can you talk to us today about your Disney fandom? Are you ready to take on the Insider
4: 5 with us? <sighs> Let's do it. What is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan? I guess when when I was much younger, um, I loved watching the Pixar movies like Wall-E. I don't know why, but that one's just always in my mind because it's like those Pixar movies I just really loved. I love uh, Monster Inc. I don't know, I, that's just one that I love. And also Sword in the Stone, because it's from my, my mom's era, but also like I, I love that kind of like fantasy kind of thing. So those those are mine. Very impressive, wide array of films there. I love that so much.
0: <laughs> Next question. If you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park,
4: which would it be? Easy, the Star Wars ride. When you like walk through it, oh my gosh, that one's crazy. It's so good. <laughs>
0: It's so good. I completely agree. Rise of resistance. That's the one. Yes.
4: Rise of resistance.
0: So, so good. That's a great choice.
4: It's Disney karaoke night. What song do you sing? I think it's gotta be I've got no strengths. You gotta you gotta keep it in the like the family, right? <laughs> as you should. That is the best pick. I'm obviously gonna agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're
0: invited to a Disney themed costume party. Who or what do you dress as? <sighs>
4: Sorry. I don't know what that was. Um, Who do I dress as? That's a very good question. I think Thor. You know, Marvel, Disney. I I think superhero.
0: I really like that. That's kind of like a surprising but, like, very delightful choice that you had as Thor. That's a very, like, mighty, mighty character, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and to close
4: this out, Mm -hmm. which Disney character has the best life advice and what is it? Ooh. One that I've noticed like I guess even Pinocchio has some really good life advice like the truthfulness even if you haven't seen the film you know when Pinocchio lies his nose grows. So I think the main moral that you take away from Pinocchio is that world is an exciting place so when you go through it you have to be kind and you have to be truthful.
0: That is so beautiful and that is very true to the story. And. It's wonderful that it's true to you. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for joining us today and taking on the Insider 5. I loved hearing all about your Disney fandom and hearing more and more about this
4: wonderful movie, Pinocchio. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. Have a nice day.
0: That's our show. Disney's Pinocchio is now streaming on Disney+. So you don't miss any upcoming podcast episodes. Subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code COACHMAN. The code expires October 19, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, insiders, with more Disney movie magic.